0: Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devon Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, affectionately known as CCB. If you'd like to know more about our chapter and what we do and what the CCB is all about, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, today is, of course, February 1st, which means that you know what tomorrow is. So, to celebrate the occasion, I thought we'd begin the program with a little ditty by Washboard Hank called Peter Burroughs.
1: Peter Burroughs, Peter Burroughs, greatest groundhog of them all. He lives in a groundhog hole right under City Hall, right under City Hall. Now you have heard of Wireton's Willie and Puck's the one he's but Peter Burroughs, Peter Burroughs, he's the king. Groundhog Hill. Bill and will tell the weather, but that's no special chore compared to Peter Burroughs, who named your county more. Peter Burroughs, Peter Burroughs, greatest groundhog of all. He lives in a groundhog hole right under City Hall, right under City Hall. great toboggan run and we call it armor hill peter burroughs peter burroughs greatest groundhog of them all he lives in a brown hog hole right under city hall right under city hall Concrete, to build the great lift lock, he threw a bridge across the river, then he built the downtown clock. When he finished up this work, he figured that he ought to put a mountain and little lake so he could take a drink of water. Peter Burroughs, Peter Burroughs, greatest groundhog of them all, he lives in the groundhog hole. Right under City Hall, Peter Burroughs, Peter Burroughs, greatest groundhog of them all. He lives in a groundhog hole right under City Hall, right under City Hall.
0: During the entire month of January, I've been telling people that White Cane Week goes from the first Of February to the 7th. Well, guess what? It doesn't. (laughs) No, it's the first full week of February. So that's the 7th to the 13th. And so next week we'll definitely have uh, people to chat with and uh, things to talk about that are appropriate to the occasion. This week, though, is the first uh, Monday of February, and we always reserve part of that show for yet another chat with Kim Kilpatrick from the Get Together with Technology wing of the CCB. And uh, she is uh, going to be speaking with us from Ottawa as is usually the case, and today we're going to talk about labeling. Well, hi there, Kim, and welcome back to the program. How are how are you faring uh, on these cold days?
2: Well, oh, it is cold. It's uh, wintry now. Um, I live in Ottawa, and supposedly the Rideau Canal is opening up this this week. Oh, wow! But there'll be no bathrooms there and no concessions, so you can't buy hot chocolate or Beaver Tails or any of that. And um, no hats and all that. So I guess you have to put your skates on and go, and then and you have to wear a mask all the time. So I, I don't know. I guess a lot of people might do it. It doesn't sound as appealing to me without. No. (laughs) Just to warm up and things like that, especially on a day like this. It's really cold out there. Yes. Morning
0: beaver tails that's one thing i've never had
2: yeah and for your listeners because some people get upset and think that they're actual beaver tails they are not they're like warm kind of donuts that are flat yeah uh, deep fried kind of and then they have different toppings like they have uh, cinnamon or they have i don't know i don't i don't really love them myself i don't i don't really love them but a lot of people that's the thing to do is to and get a beaver tail and a hot chocolate, and then, um, and they do kind of taste good if you've been out in the cold. Like, oh, that's the won't. only time, but they also have them on Canada Day and other days, and I would never eat them.
0: No way. Um, uh-huh. So, no, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Okay, I guess uh, this, this time, this month, uh, we're going to be talking about labeling.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that would be a good idea because we had a long conversation about it on a on a call the other day in the blind community about labeling, and it's something that we all do. Um, whether you're blind or you have low no vision, it's something you have to do. Yeah, you do, and everyone has different ways of labeling. So some of the ideas that people had, um, someone said. You know, if you have low vision, you need a good marker and some tape. You know, you need good contrast on the whatever. And they make sort of big labels for things. Even for things they can kind of see if they look really closely. They might make some some bigger labels on a can or bigger labels on a, you know, on a box or something like that or label their own things. Yeah. Um, Braille labels, so you and I might use, I use those. some people do if they know Braille. I and like, sorry. there are various ways to use those. One way is there's a, a device you can buy from, probably from CNIB and also maybe from the future AIDS. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And it's called a Dymo Labeler or Dymo Brailler or something. And it's like a, a circle with all the Braille letters on it and print letters, like, beside them. Yeah. You spin the circle and you punch, like a stapler, the uh, letter, and then when you're finished, there's a, a, a thing to cut the label and you can take it out and you can uh, stick, peel the back off and stick it on. Okay. Um,
0: I like I, the uh, magnetic tape. Have you ever, uh, for, for um, cans, uh, like uh, with metal tops?
2: Yeah, the I magnetic really like tape, that. people did talk about that too. So do you braille on the magnetic yes, tape? Yes, I do, that yes. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, um, I have a um, fridge uh, and the stove, and in between there is a, a narrow piece of counter. So the side of the fridge that faces the narrow piece of ca- uh, counter that you can't use for like that side of the fridge. You can't use that for anything else. So then what I do is um, when I take a magnetic label off a can, I just uh, stick it to the, the side of the fridge and I've got my reusable labels right there.
2: Yeah, that is a great idea. Um, where do you get the magnetic tape?
0: I got it from the, my last uh, roll. I got from the Braille Superstore. Okay. Because yes. even with the U.S. exchange, it isn't nearly as expensive as it is to get it from CNIB. You get, you have to pay twenty-five dollars to get a roll of that from CNIB.
2: Yeah. Which so so you got it from the the, the future uh, aid like the one in Canada, or you got it from the U.S.
0: No, I got it from, uh, what is it, Vancouver?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, their prices are are pretty good. Yes. For sure. And someone else mentioned that, that when they took the label off the can and stuck it on their their fridge side, then they would have almost like a grocery list, so if they need some more of that, they, they get it, and then they can stick that label on it again. Yes,
0: that's true. Yeah. That yeah. Would be the,
2: so uh, the other way that someone said for Braille, uh, I think the Dymo labelers are good for sighted people who are labeling for blind people because they don't know Braille. I don't like spinning that wheel and lining it up. It just takes forever. I know it does. Yeah. Um, a lot of a few people and I have a, it's called a one line slate. Yes. So it has uh, hinges on the back and it's only one line and you just put the tape in there. And you braille on that. You braille on the tape with your plate
3: stylus. Yeah, I love it.
2: Um, yeah, I love the one-line slate. Um, you can do both the magnetic tape and just your standard dymo tape that you can get in a office supply store. Uh, you know, you can just buy yeah. it and use it for that. And then you can label, um, you know, CDs or or other things or files or whatever you want you yeah. can label.
3: Or the
0: only mind
2: scissors,
0: things like that. What? The only uh, hassle with the Dymo tape, and maybe it's because I don't have a lot of patience, <laughs> is that uh, or nails. Is oh, that I you know, have to peel the backing off. off?
2: Yeah, that that that's the problem with that for sure. Yeah. So, so those were ideas people had, and then we were talking about um, marking things with. Uh, locator dots or bump dots, that, you know, that you can buy. The superstore, again, the Braille Superstore, Future Aids, it's the same company, yeah. has a whole pack of them for about $30, I think, when I bought mine. And it's all different shapes and sizes, and um, and they're really great, and they're great for, you know, your microwave or your stove and your appliances, your dishwasher, your appliances, and and labeling something is you have something that feels the same, but you want a dot on yeah. uh, a different bottle, then you put one on there. So those two, uh, we talked about those. We also talked about elastics, which I still use in the showers On oh, my yes. conditioner, I'd put an elastic on the conditioner bottle and leave it the shampoo bottle clear. I've done that for years. Yeah, um, the elastics
0: that- rot occasionally. Don't they? They
2: do. Yeah, yeah, they they wear out occasionally. But <laughs> um, but that's one way too that some people have. And then we were talking about some of the higher tech uh, solutions, including the app seeing AI to kind of read barcodes. But a lot of people said it's kind of fiddly. It takes it a while to find them. It takes us a while to find them. Some people were using just the. The short text scan channel on the app Seeing AI, which is free from Microsoft, to kind of know what something is. Um, and then there were there was talk about the Wayround tags. I haven't used the Wayround tags, but it's um, it's an app that you can get and you can buy tags that you can then record labels onto. And there's different kinds of tags, and Canadian Assistive Technology in BC does sell. The way around tags, now they're more expensive to get, but there are people who use them for a lot of things, for things in their uh, their freezer, for um, different oh. medications, and for their electrical cords, sorting out. So everyone has their own system. Um,
0: do the way around tags have adhesive on the back of them, or how do they stick?
2: Um, there are different ones. So there's ones that are like clips and they would be for files and stuff that you could just clip on, and you can re-record, you know, you change
1: we'll what you there, yeah. you can
2: re-record there, and then when you hold your phone close to it, it just plays, you know, the recording.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's some that are like, like buttons, and I think you could put elastics through them, or you could sew them into clothes. Apparently some of them you can put on clothes and you can wash them.
3: Uh-huh. Um,
2: and then there were some that were like, Oh, what did they describe? So I think there's four or five kinds. Oh, there's some that were magnets, uh, some that were stickers. Oh, yeah. Um, so stickers, you know, you could stick on something permanent that you... So they have different different things, different kinds of labels. Um, and I think Canadian Assist Tech has a starter pack where you would get like two or three of each of the labels ah. in that for, you know, tw- I think it was 20 something dollars So you could see, oh, these are the ones I would really use, and then you can get more. And the app is free, and it's called Way Around. Way Around, and if you search for that, um, you will find it. And it's pretty easy to record on the labels. So there are people um, using those. Yeah. because Partly because the pen friend, I don't know if you ever had a pen friend. I have a pen
0: friend, yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, apparently they're not going to sell them anymore. They're not going to make them anymore and sell them, I guess, maybe the the numbers of people using them went down. I don't know. Um, and I
0: heard that about the ID mate. I didn't hear about that, that about the uh, pen friend.
2: Yeah, the ID mate, too. So that's another reason we got talking about this label, because the ID mate is a device I've never had one myself but it's a device where like a barcode reader that you hold yeah. it holds your product uh, hold it over your product and it'll tell you what it is and it'll read like the nutritional information and things like that.
0: You know um, what I find annoying about that though is that now there are so many um, name brand things that, um, and it, it'll say uh, cannot be found or whatever. Uh, yeah,
2: that's what someone said, that the Canadian brands, like especially the ones from, you know, the grocery stores here, are not, are not in the database, and so it, you don't find those at all. Right. It, it makes it um, harder to use it, and, and it's pretty expensive, I think, it's covered under our assistive devices programmer. Yes. But I think it's, it's pretty expensive too. So, you know, if it's not working that well, then maybe not as good a solution. Um, you have other ways of uh, labeling things or organizing things to make sure you know what they are? Uh, no,
0: not, uh, uh, you know, the Dymo tape um, or um, uh, the uh, uh, magnetic tape. Are the things that I use the most I'll tell you I don't know whether I'm, I'm so cheap that I squeak but <laughs> uh, the one thing that bothers me is having to put a label on something that you can't uh, reuse like if I were to put a label on the lid of a pill bottle uh, I probably couldn't use it again because I'd have to take it off one pill bottle and hopefully stick it to another. And that, that would be um, the case with uh, Dymo tape or uh, with the uh, Pen Friend labels.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I know what you mean. I, yeah. I agree. I know some people were saying that they've, they've put the label on like, on something else. And then stuff that something else to Yes. You know, to to like something in the freezer. So they put the label on a card or something and then stuck it on the box and then they could you know, stick it on another box. Yeah, But I know what you mean. Like there are some things and that's not up an interesting discussion. So someone said that they put labels on the on their spice jars
3: uh-huh.
2: and then they buy the same one and just take the lid off and put you know, the new lid on that.
0: Yes, Um, I've done that with prescription bottles.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can do it if it's the same prescription. Yes. Um, We did talk also about Script Talk, which is a talking prescription
3: um,
2: system. Some of the problems that people were talking about with that, though, is um, so in Ontario, shoppers is now able to do those. However, so my pharmacist told me they would—they have to send away to do the label, so they would yeah. take about a week. Oh yeah, extra or a few days extra for sure. Uh-huh. So it's not in store. So if you got prescribed something urgently, yeah, it, there's no point. It's going to take days to get that. You need to start taking it now. So
3: yeah,
2: I mean, I go by the same old tried and true things that I've done with meds for a long time. That. Hopefully, they don't feel the same as each other. Oftentimes, pails will feel different to other pails.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And I, my pharmacists have been good about opening this bottle and letting me feel it and saying, okay, this is, you know, this. Yeah. And this one is that.
0: But the, the blood pressure medication that I take uh, and the arthritis medication that I take Feel very very similar.
2: Yeah, and that's a problem. I have a couple that are very similar, and one of them the pharmacist left in cause side of this foil packet. Uh, yeah. But again, it, it is tricky, and I can imagine if someone's taking, because someone said they're taking two kinds of eye drops, then there's no way you could tell the difference of oh no eye drop. so for they sure. do have script talk, I think, for for their their eye drops, and they just yeah. have to. It's a regular prescription, so they just have to know that they're going to request it a little bit early so yes. they can get their, you know, their labels are automatically put on.
0: Now, Sobeys, I think, can make uh, uh, labels yes. right there, uh, Sobeys Pharmacies.
2: Yeah, I do think. <laughs> I don't know if we have them here, but if you do have Sobeys, um, they might make them right in the store, which, you know, is quicker for sure.
0: I know we uh, do uh, here in Peterborough.
2: And it's free to get um, Cryptalk. So Cryptalk has a unit that uh, the company Envision America sends you. Your pharmacist has to fill out a form and you have to put some information in the yeah. form. Um, but they also have an app yes, they for do. iPhone yes. and Android. You could use the free app with your prescriptions and it it works quite well. I I, I had a sample card with a prescription to try the app and it. It, it definitely it works quite well. But people were talking about labeling prescriptions and trying to make sure um, that those were labeled correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone was talking about the pharmacist can actually put your medications into a a pack. So a what did they pack. call that? Um,
0: blister pack.
2: Yeah. yeah I
0: don't and like those at all.
2: I hate. I tried it once and I hated it because. Yeah. Um, the pill organizers I have are clear, like they even have Braille on them on the days of the yes. week and that. Yes, yep. Whereas this thing, I couldn't tell which day it was, which one. It no. Was, it was less accessible to me.
0: And I found, too, that the smaller pills get stuck in the tiny creases of the, of the pack when you open it. And you often end up either not getting all the pills or dropping um, some yeah. of them when you go to push the pills out. So I, I don't like those at all.
2: So do you use an organizer for that? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah.
0: I, have a, I have a basket for, well, I use an organizer when I go away, but I have a basket at home on my table uh, that has the, the pills in it. Oh, and you just take them out each time out of the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. The one That's thing, that, sorry? That is something that people um, worry about the most
2: is those kind of things.
0: Yes, and I don't want to, to drop any on the floor because, of course, I have a guide dog or any animal. You wouldn't want picking up, oh. uh, you know, blood sugar uh um, level, you know.
2: the. Yeah, or little kids, you don't want them picking it up. Yeah,
0: no, that up. that's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you label clothes in any certain way? I, I don't put braille labels in my clothes. or No,
0: I don't either.
2: No. So what I've always done is I've always hung things together in an outfit, so if I know something goes with something, as soon as it's out of the laundry, I put it on a hanger together? Yes, same here. Um, and do you use the sock um, sorter? No, I don't. Neither do I, but there are, if people do want to know that, there are these, they're called sock, tussers, sock yeah, something. Sorters. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And you can put your socks in to them before putting them in the laundry so that you have your socks together. I tend to be boring and buy the same socks, same color, yep, like white. <laughs> and if I if buy buy something different, I don't buy two pairs. But there was one Christmas where my dad gave me a set of. You know 12 pairs of socks or something, yeah. They were all different colors and they all felt the same. I said, What are you doing? You know better than that. I know, uh, yeah, you know, because yeah. I don't like that. So, if I buy another color, I try to buy it in a different feeling sock. Oh, yes, something really unique feeling that wouldn't be like any of the others. Yes, um, uh, I, I do that for sure, um, right. Um, and I try not to buy the same shirt. Like, you know how some people will buy three of the same shirts if they like it? You know, different yes. colors. I try not to do that because that gets uh, complicated.
3: Yeah,
0: like T-shirts, uh, you know, with uh, a slogan on or something like that. Unless it, they feel really different, it's yeah. hard to know uh, what wh- what is which or which is which, you know, if the... Uh, The T-shirts.
2: Yeah, and, um, you know, other things, too, like jackets that feel the same or or sweaters, you know. Yeah. Try to have something that feels a little bit different um, so that you don't get mixed up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I do with that. Yeah. Uh, And, um, yeah, so. It was interesting talking all about yes. the different strategies for that. And people newer to vision loss didn't know some of the basic ones that we've used, you know, for a long time, like the uh, like the elastics or like the magnets. Yes. Some people that don't know Braille, they, they actually take magnets, different shaped magnets, and put it on a can. Or, oh, good idea. Yeah. You know, they'll, if they find a magnet that's shaped like that vegetable, they'll put it on the can.
3: I used to do
0: that before I knew about the magnetic tape. I used to use oblo- oblong ones for beans, um, but it wasn't so good for baked beans, because those aren't uh, oblong <laughs> and uh, round ones for peas. And I used to uh, get uh, used to use the triangle-shaped ones for corn.
2: Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so some people were doing that. They had different magnets for different cans. And um, they had different uh, sort of locator dots, too. And when you get those those big packs of them,
3: mm-hmm. you would
2: put different ones on different, different things. So, right. Because um, they're pretty cheap to buy. Like, I think the pack I had... It was about thirty dollars.
3: It must have had like a hundred.
2: Oh wow! It had a lot in there. There were there yeah. were tons. Um, I still have them, so there's yeah. a lot left. But yeah, so it was really interesting to hear how people do it.
0: You know what I find particularly frustrating is I'll often make up a, a big uh, quantity, a large quantity of, say, a casserole and then divide it into uh, serving sizes.
2: Yeah, and put it in the
0: freezer. But then, um, how do you label something for the freezer without um, the condensation, either um, interfering with the stickum uh, sort of thing, or, or whatever.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I found that a problem. And the other thing about the freezer, so if you have things in the fridge, you can open the lid and smell it and you know what it is, but sometimes in the freezer, if you have a container there and you think, oh, I froze that, but I don't know what it is. And it could be something you want to eat that time or not. Yeah, um,
0: I don't have a sense of smell.
2: Yeah, but you could, even if you did, you wouldn't be able to smell it in the freezer. Oh,
3: no, that's true, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some people said they use different containers for different, kind of like what you said about the magnets. Oh, yeah. They'll buy little round containers for soup or square ones for, like, this kind of casserole or something. Yeah. But that is a problem. I can't uh, find that, too.
3: I often
0: have my own little private... Potluck supper. <laughs> I'll find something in the, the freezer and say, okay, and well, I'll have this, but it might be something that I had the night before.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what it's going to be until you cook it, until you heat it up, right? That's
0: right. And that's why I call it my pr- private potluck supper.
2: <laughs> yeah, my, my grandfather ran a grocery store, managed a grocery store, and he used to bring home cans that were unlabeled. Oh, wow. Because they were cheap, and he would say he would tell us what they were. Like he said, "Oh, I know what they are by shaking them." And sometimes he was right, but sometimes you'd open it, and it would be like cat food or dog food or something. Uh, oh dear! And we would laugh so hard at that. Like we thought, as kids, we thought that was just hilarious. Yes,
0: yeah. And so then, a sighted person would be on the same footing as a blind person. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, but we thought it was great because he'd say, oh it's going to be canned pineapple, we'll have it for dessert and then they'd open it, it would be some vegetable or something else. So we just thought that, my grandmother hated that he did that, but we just thought it was hilarious.
3: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) uh,
0: If you could uh, open the can and then put it in something that, you know, where you could store it for a Couple of days that would work. Oh yeah, but, I think that's what
2: they did. But it, yeah. it was just funny because he'd be sure he'd say, "Oh, I shook it. I know it." You know this. Yeah. And it would. Well, sometimes it was.
0: Yes. Oh but, yes. But it would be kind of a game.
2: Yeah. Oh, I. We thought it was great. We loved it. We'd it, shake it too, and then we'd guess what it was. Yeah. He said, "Why are you bringing these fans home with no
0: labels?" Yeah. Did you ever take uh, wagers on uh, on that sort of thing? you you were too too young. <laughs> I guess
2: well, not not official money. I mean. No, no, no. I think we yeah we would say oh I think it's this and I think and then you'd open it and be excited you know. Yes, be, yeah. If it was, yeah. yeah. But you're right. It kind of puts them on the same foot as as
0: us. Yes, uh huh. That's right. So there is quite a variety of uh, ways to label things. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, and people just need to find what works best for them. Yeah, and uh, and try different things and see if something is easier or or harder, and um, you know, figure out what they would like to do. Um, Yeah, I I guess we'll be talking
0: on the same day next month because uh, February it's not a leap year this year. No, so
2: uh, you don't need an extra day. No, (laughs) right. Well, maybe we do, but yeah. yeah, we'll be
0: talking at the end of uh, February. Yes, for March 4th. Right. Yeah. Um, so people, if you have any requests, uh, just um, send a, an email to um, insightpeterborough at gmail.com. I almost gave our, our CCB address. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so insight Peterborough
2: if you do have labeling tips that we haven't said yeah feel free to send those to and we can Devin can read them out you know and, yeah you know because maybe there's something ingenious that we haven't taught us
0: that's right yeah uh or any anything you wanted us to talk about mm-hmm. that would be good that would well. be good well kim uh, thank you very much and can people join these calls that you were talking earlier about Absolutely. where labeling came up for discussion?
2: Um, so if you're interested in finding out more about the, the types of calls we have and the types of activities, you can email gtt at ccbnational, so ccbcharliecharliebravonational.net, And that'll be me, and I can uh, definitely get you set up to learn about what's going on with these
0: these calls. All right. Well, thank you very much again, Kim, for chatting with us. Oh, you're so welcome. Have a good month. You too. Bye for now. Bye. To clarify things a little bit, I should have said that we reserve... Part of the show on the first Monday of each month to chat with Kim Kilpatrick. We call the feature Get Together with Kim because she is a coordinator of a program of the CCB called Get Together with Technology. Let's move on now to a chat that I had recently with Maria Galindo, who is with the Lions Foundation. Dog Guides of Canada Training Centre in Oakville. You know there are guide dogs and uh, there are all sorts of assistance dogs, so uh, she'll tell us all about that and also about the 50-50 draw that's coming up. Well, first of all, welcome to the program again. I think you and I chatted last year, if I remember correctly.
4: That's right. Thank
0: you so much for having us, on the program. Love being here. Yeah, well, dog guides are uh, very valuable creatures, and uh, we have a few around Peterborough. So we'll talk about the draw in in a couple of minutes, a few minutes, but can you start out maybe by giving us a bit of a history of the Lions Foundation of Canada Dog Guides Training Centre?
4: Yeah, of course. So we started um, in the early '80s with one program. It was the Canine Vision Program, so what most people are familiar with, which is um, referred to as a guide dog. And then we saw a need for for you know other programs. You know, we saw people with different types of disability that would benefit from having a dog guide, and that um, kind of was the was the push that made us start and get to the seven programs that we have today. So um, to date we have. Our canine vision program, hearing service, senior um, response, diabetic alert, autism assistance,
0: and facility support. So we have quite the range. Now. You sure do. Yeah. Um. So, just to kind of go back a little bit, what do hearing dogs do for people?
4: Yeah, of course. The hearing dogs um, assist people who are deaf or hard of hearing because they're unable to hear sounds, important sounds such as a fire alarm or a phone call or someone calling their name, so we train these dogs to pick up on these um, these sounds and alert them um, by pawing at them. So if the dog is pawing at you, you know, a person who's deaf or hard of hearing would ask, where is the sound coming from, and the dog would direct them to where the sound um, is coming from. So if it's a phone, then the phone, uh, then the dog would direct them to a phone, for example.
0: Do you use smaller dogs for those kind of tasks? Uh, no. So we typically use Labrador Retrievers.
4: Um, we also use Golden Retrievers and Standard Poodles for people that are hypoallergenic. Our breeds tend to be a little bit bigger. Um, we do have smaller labs that we use in those type of programs where there is a need for physical contact.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but, but we stick to those three breeds, which generally, general, generally tend to be, you know, medium to large.
3: Oh.
0: Okay. All right. And uh, would they wake somebody up, uh, you know, for an alarm clock, sort of a uh, four, four-legged alarm clock uh, sort of thing, or if they heard the alarm clock going? Yeah, so that's
4: correct. So one of the sounds that the dogs that are trained um, to listen for in the hearing program is an alarm, whether it's a kitchen switch. There's also a like, kitchen timer as well. So, mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, if you, you you know, someone that is not able to hear and needs to get to work, we we don't want, we want to increase um, their independence. So, by having a dog, they're able to live on their own with their dog, and the dog becomes the the one that is in charge of alerting them to that alarm noise and getting them to work on time.
0: Right. I had heard that uh, hearing dogs are also trained to let the person know when somebody is calling their name. Is, is that true?
4: That's correct. So we train the dogs to alert to um, not the person's name exactly, but a repeating sound. So if I keep saying, you know, Devin, 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 then the dog picks up on that and alerts you to, to that
0: sound. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, service dogs, what do they do for uh, their
3: handlers?
4: Well, service dogs usually help someone with a mobility disability. So let's say, you you know, you need a wheelchair to get around, then you have that service dog or that dog guide with you um, to aid you, um, whether it's opening doors or to drop your phone. The the dog is trained to, to fetch items for you and they can pick up um, small things um, like credit cards, for example. If you drop your credit card and you're unable to, to fetch it, the dog actually does it for
0: you. Yeah, things like that. Uh, reachers don't pick up very well, do they?
4: Yeah, exactly. The dogs are also trained to bark for help. Um, this is one of the command subsidies uh, many lives. We had a client, for example, that got stuck in the snow bank, Oh, no. It was a really, really cold day and um, she actually asked the dog to bark for help and someone hurt the dog and came to help the, the person, you know, get them oh. home safe. So, so it becomes a, a
0: safety factor at one point. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so then uh, next we have the um, seizure response dogs. It's not seizure alert, is it?
4: No. So our dogs do not alert to a seizure, but they respond to it. So if someone who um, has epilepsy um, is experiencing a seizure, the dog is taught to, you know, see the signs that, that are, are alert to that, to that seizure um, once it's taking place. They can bark and bark, and they will bark until someone gets um, to that person and provides assistance.
3: Right. If you live
4: alone, for example, um, and your neighbor hears your dog barking, they will... They will Typically come to to
0: help you and assist you. Or the dogs are also trained to um, hit an alert system which calls 911. Yeah, that is really neat that they can do that. Yes,
4: I mean they can successfully save your life, right? So yeah. it's, uh, it's incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, that's great. Will they uh, protect the person or stand over the person while they might be unconscious?
4: No, they wouldn't protect. They just bark so that they create, um, you know, some sort of visibility. Like if you're if you're in a store and no one's really looking at you, then they bark until someone comes to to, to assist them. But they wouldn't um, protect in any in any harmful way.
0: Okay. Yeah. And how about uh, diabetes alert uh, dogs? What do they do?
4: So, diabetic Alerts uh, dog guides um, assist people with diabetes with hypoglycemic on awareness. So, that means that the person um, experiencing, you know, going through a low blood sugar is unable to detect that this is happening to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the dog is trained to pick up on that scent. So, so, if your blood sugar is below 4.5, the dog actually tells it and alerts you so that you have time to, you know, ingest something sweet or they can go fetch a juice box for you. Um, and just simply let you know that, you know, you're going through a little... You, you have to check and obviously take your medication or ingest something to
0: see. Yes. That is neat that they can uh, go and uh, get something for you like that.
4: Yeah, they can infect your diabetic test or, or a juice box, like I mentioned.
0: Yes. I've been trying to convince uh, uh, someone I know here that... Uh, They need to get a a diabetic alert dog because she doesn't seem to know that uh, a low sugar episode is coming, and uh, she's often been found on the floor.
4: Oh, yes,
0: yes. So that's probably, yeah. she's likely hypoglycemic. Yes. She would qualify, definitely. Yeah. Now, autism assistance dogs, uh, what can they do for... Mostly children, probably right.
4: Yeah, so our program designed only for children, um, I and mean, these are children that have been diagnosed uh, with autism, um, autism spectrum disorder (ASD). Mm-hmm. But these dogs provide essentially safety um, and comfort. Um, you know, a lot of children have trouble sleeping at night. Um, so it, it's really it impacts the family's life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and by having the dog and, and having that pressure on them, they're actually able to fall asleep um, and have a, have a good night's rest. So that's, that's really important, in addition to all the pieces, all the other um, incredible things that the dogs can do for them. I'll like, say. If they're, they tend to, you know, like to run towards puddles and, and if they're in a parking lot, for example, the dog actually acts as an anchor and prevents the child from, from, run, from running,
0: so basically. Would that be uh, on command from an adult who might be a few feet away? Yeah,
4: so um, autism assistance dog guides right? always need a um, parent to be the handler or a teacher, whoever's responsible for that. And the dog is actually um, attached to the child through a safety belt, that's what we call it, so that it creates that safety
0: key. Mm hmm. Okay. And then uh, finally, the uh, facility support dogs, what uh, what do they do?
4: So these dogs are for professional agencies that are assisting individuals in traumatic situations. So think, um, you know, kind of like a victim support unit with working with police. Mm-hmm. So for children um, testifying in court, um, there are agencies that provide that type of support. So then we, we provide a dog to them so that the dog can help um Provide comfort
0: to those people. Right. Um, have you ever uh, thought of doing uh, PTSD dogs?
4: Um, we have, um, but right now we're a national charity, so we rely—we absolutely get no um, no funding from government um, whatsoever. So we rely on donations. So until we're able to grow um, and be financially. Uh, reliable, Right. not uh, the quality of our dogs. Um, we wouldn't
3: be able to, to do this. In order for us to grow, we need to keep the
0: funding. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm curious about something, and I have been for a long time. Do you know why uh, your a training center calls all trained dogs dog guides when a lot of them don't guide? Yeah, so we call them dog guides because we serve
4: um, we train dogs in seven different programs. So, I wouldn't call them guide dogs, which is only which only refers to one program, which is the canine vision program. Mhm. Yeah, so because we have seven programs, we wanted something that would highlight that. So that's why we we use do dog guides instead of guide dogs. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Yeah, in spite of the fact that a lot of the like a service dog doesn't guide the uh, handler in a wheelchair.
4: Yeah, I mean, service dog, it's used a lot, but it's actually, the correct wording would be assistance dog. Yes. So that's, that's kind of the, the terminology that, that it's mostly used around the world, but we decided, we landed on dog guys and we thought that was, that was a good fit for
0: us. Yeah, okay so now you have got a draw a 50 50 draw coming up can you tell us a little bit about that
4: yeah of course so actually starting monday um it goes live so our 50 50 raffle is um, is a great opportunity for people to one donate to the cause but also enter the chance to win an estimated one hundred thousand dollars wow and this is um yeah so this is a great opportunity to you know do some good but also you know able to win something at a great price like this yes um, i think the great thing about this is that you know there's there's no limit to how big the price can get
3: mm-hmm. so we're
4: saying an estimated one hundred thousand, but it could be more um depending on you know the, the number of people that purchase a ticket and it's only 20 dollars, or you can get three for fifty so it's really up to you um tickets are available online to here your at dogit 50ca and it's also on our website so if you have any questions about
0: that you can head over to our website for more information. Okay so now this is only for Ontario residents did I hear you, you yeah. right there? That's correct so the lottery the
4: way that licensing works is uh it's provincial so so we're doing it in Ontario.
0: Right right okay so the uh sites uh, again are dog guides 50 50?
4: Yeah, so www.dogguides5050.ca.
0: Okay, and your uh, website for the uh, training center is?
4: Yeah, so if you have any information regarding our um, foundation, it's dogguides.com.
0: Okay, and how long is this draw going to last?
4: So it will last until March 31st, um, and the winner of the... the
0: grand price will be announced
4: on April 1st. No fooling. No fooling, no, no <laughs> April
0: fools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really they have two full months to uh, purchase a, a ticket or three. You do, yeah, There's,
4: but you should purchase it early because there's a couple of early bird prices that uh, you can get in on as well if you purchase before um, certain dates
0: which are posted on the website. okay. Well, that's true. So there's a chance
4: to win in even more money.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'll be wonderful. Then the people who win the early bird prizes can uh, w- will you leave their tickets in, or uh, or will they come? Yes, am out- I repeating the question? Uh if if someone, for example, won an early bird prize, would their ticket be taken out, or will it would it be left in the been for the end the draw?
4: No they get placed back in so they still have the chance to win the uh, the grand prize.
0: Cool, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything more about the, the draw that you wanted to, to tell us?
4: Uh, no I think it's just we appreciate people's support and again we're a national charity and, um, and if you can help us um, but by purchasing a ticket from the Fifty Fifty Raffle,
0: we would really appreciate it, and also gives you a chance to win um, a great, great price. So terrific, yeah. Is uh, there anything new around uh, Dog Guides uh, Training Center? I-, I think you have a new executive uh, director, right?
3: Eh?
4: Yeah, we do have a new CEO, Beverly Crandall. So that's, um, she's been with the company for about a year now. Um, but other than that, you know, we continue to train dogs despite the lockdown. We're considering an essential service, though, and we know that people need, um, need these dogs, too. Yeah. To get that independence and safety. So we continue to work really, really hard to continue to provide these at no cost.
0: Right. Okay. I've heard talk that uh, there is a shortage of uh, dogs. Do, do you think so?
4: Um, Not from our Our organization has its own breeding program, so the reason um, why our programs are closed right now is not because there's a shortage of um, dogs. Um, That's not our perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, That's other organizations, you know, uh, challenges. For us, the biggest piece is is funding, is that we rely on donations, and we know that these are tough times, so um, we really do appreciate any help that, that you can provide.
0: You still get a lot of assistance from uh, Lions Clubs across Canada, do you? Pardon me? Do you still get lots of assistance from uh, Lions Clubs across Canada?
4: We do, yeah. So we, so we have a great partnership with Lions Clubs all across Canada. Um, they know that we provide um, dog ice too people
0: within their area, so so they're big supporters of the organization and we're incredibly thankful for that. That, That's terrific. Um, Is there anything else that I should be asking you about the the training centre or...? I had heard somewhere along the way that maybe you were going to build a a new centre. Is that kind of on hold?
4: No, well, no, that's not in hold. Uh, we're still, like I said, moving forward for an essential service. So we really we can't really stop doing what we do. Um, we are uh, building a new facility. It won't be ready until 2023. Okay. Um, right now we're just in the blueprint stages, so so just starting. Okay. So we're still in Elkville. We still work out of the, the location on one fifty two Wilson Street, so we're still there.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, I hope that uh, 50-50 draw goes well and uh, that you get, uh, what is your goal again? Well,
4: our goal is um, 200000 so uh, that, you know, the 50-50 um, aspect of it, you know, 50% of that could go to the grand prize winner,
0: which would
4: be an estimated $100,000. thousand. All right. Well. Uh, so, thank you for, for having us, though.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Glad to uh, do that, partially because I'm a lion. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you uh, take care, and thanks for being with us, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll talk again next year.
4: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having
0: us. That's great, Maria. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kevin. Did I ask everything I should have asked? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, good luck, and uh, we'll talk someday soon.
4: Hey, Looking forward to
0: it. All right. You take care. Have a good day.
4: You too. Bye. Thanks.
0: Bye-bye. Well, I guess that's it for this week. We'll finish off with a composition of mine played on a friend's synthesizer. And I call this Uncle John. Take good care of yourself this week, and we'll talk soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.